Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's Hero Call. We have an extraordinary guest, one of the most famous, prolific, successful, and incredible success stories in network marketing, Mr. Jordan Adler from Las Vegas, Nevada. Many of you have read Jordan's book, Beach Money, which is one of the best-selling all-time books about the network marketing profession. People that have read that book have joined just because of the stories and the conviction and the compelling vision in that book. Joined many, many different companies and gone on to build very successful organizations because of what Jordan shares in the book, Beach Money. Jordan Adler travels all over the world, works with tens of thousands of people, has an enormous organization, which we'll get into later, in a company called Send Out Cards, based out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. But before we get into talking about uh, how Jordan hit a grand slam in Send Out Cards and built his multi-multi-million dollar empire, we're going to talk to Jordan a little bit about how he got started in network marketing and what he did before network marketing. And before this is all over, you're going to hear firsthand how network marketing can totally turn somebody's life inside out, upside down, transform it from struggle to extraordinary success and abundance and freedom and fun And Jordan's going to tell us a little bit about the beginnings, the humble beginnings, and the price that he enjoyed for his success before he found home and sent out cards. So welcome, Jordan, to the Bliss Business Hero Call. Thank you, Richard, and hi, everybody. It was really great. I'm glad to be able to spend some time with you guys. You want me to share a little bit of uh, how things, how I got started in this profession? I I was at a... um, garage sale um, back in the 80s, and I found a book there called The Ten Napkin Presentations, and this was in the south suburbs of Chicago in a place called Park Forest, Illinois, and uh, who knows how the book even got there, but I bought the book for a quarter, and I'd never heard of network marketing. I I was out of high school. I had graduated from college around that the time that I found this book, and I paid my way through college with the exception of the first year. We were required in our family to go to college, and my dad saved his entire lifetime so that we could go to college for a year, and then we were required to graduate. And So I worked my way through school as a resident advisor and a night clerk, and at some point I found myself at this garage sale, and I picked up this book, and that $0.25 cent book did more for my financial career than the four years college degree, and I think it was somewhere around $60,000. And I read the book, and it introduced me to this profession and the whole idea of leveraged income, residual income. I'd never heard that term before, and I got excited about the idea of getting paid over and over and over again for working one time. Never learned that in college. And (laughs) when when I graduated from school, I moved to Arizona with a guitar, a suitcase, and 250 bucks. And and I got the $250 from relatives on my birthday. And uh, got to Arizona and started answering classified ads with a degree in landscape architecture. And I started getting jobs, renting roller skates and working at a gym and different things like that. And I finally landed a job as a draftsman paying somewhere around $14,000 a year, and I was answering these classified ads for opportunities, and most of them were network marketing opportunities, and I joined, my first one was a company called Dr. Hill's Potentized Spirulina, which was an algae product. It was a green algae product. I remember <laughs> and it. You remember it, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, I would, here's, here's how it would go. I'd get involved in a company. I'd buy a, a very, very small amount of product, like one or two little jars of it, I'd try to sell it to some people, and no one wanted it, and everybody would be negative uh, about the whole, you know, multi-level marketing thing, and and then I would quit, and I did that 
every year I did that for about 10 years. In fact, I was in 11 companies. I went back and counted. I was in 11 different network marketing companies over the course of 10 years. And one of them was like Nashika 3D cameras. It was a three, it was a camera that had four lenses that took three dimensional pictures. That was $300 and then for the camera and then 50 bucks to join the company. And then I was involved in Network 2000 at one point, which was a long distance telecom company. And I got involved with Amway twice and spent a lot of money on products. You know, I did all these different companies over the course of 10 years. All the while I had jobs, mostly in the landscape architecture arena. And uh, never made much money. And then I joined an airline. I, I left landscape architecture and I joined an airline that was a startup airline. And I got a real taste of being an entrepreneur. Although I was an employee, it was a very entrepreneurial company. It was an employee-owned company. We went from 180 employees to 15,000 employees. And uh, we never made a lot of money, and the airline filed bankruptcy. But I learned between the, the network marketing training that I received over the years from all these different companies and then watching these two guys build an airline from 180 employees in one plane to 100 aircraft, you know, 737s and 747s, and billions of dollars in revenue, I started really internalizing the entrepreneurial game. And in 1992, I joined my 12th network marketing company, and I finally figured out how to sponsor a distributor, how to give a little presentation. And my prospect list was getting longer as I met more people and learned the ins and outs of, you know, building relationships and those kinds of things. And in 1992, I started signing up an average of about one person a month. And uh, I met a friend of yours, Richard, along the way, long before we really knew each other well. And his name was Russ Devan. And I never went into business with Russ, but Russ invited me to his home and we sat down and he started having me focus on some things that I'd never really focused on before. And it shifted, it shifted everything for me. And it was really one conversation that changed everything. Um, it was, they say that when opportunity and preparation come together, that's when things really start to happen. And it was truly a, it was truly one of those circumstances. I'd been preparing for many years. I'd gone to many seminars. I'd listened to many, many audio tapes. I'd read lots of books on professional network marketing. I'd met lots of, began to meet successful people in network marketing, including yourself. And in 1992, when I started signing people up, my business started to grow. And actually, at the end of my first year in that company, it was a telecom network marketing company. At the end of my first year, I was at $180 a month. Not $180,000 a month, but $180 a month. But I didn't quit, and I kept going. And by the end of my second year, I was at like $2,800 a month. And by the end of my third year, I was at $3,300 a month, and then between my third year and my 13th year, I made about $8 million with that company. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. And what Russ did is he – I remember the conversation. One part of the conversation went like this. He said, in the business of real estate, most people who join the real estate profession don't make any money, but a few do. And he said, if you were a real estate broker and you went out and hired 30 – real estate agents, a third of them will do nothing, a third of them will do a little, and, and that means selling one house a year or one house every other year. He said a third of them will do a little more than a little, and he said typically one out of 20 to 30 will go out and do it big. And I tested that since then. I would talk to real estate brokers, and I'd say, how many agents do you need to bring on to get one that's going to be a $100,000 a year earner? And they'll tell you somewhere between 30 and 100 agents they need to bring on to get one that'll earn $100,000 a year. And then Russ told me the same thing exists in insurance and the same thing exists in network marketing. He said, so if you can figure out how to sponsor one distributor every month for a few years, you're golden. He said, because a third of them will do nothing, a third of them will do a little, a third of them will do a little more than a little, and one will go out and do a lot. And so I started doing that in, in between 1992 and 1996, right in that frame, right in that range right there. <clears throat> I started signing up about one person a month. My first two years of building the business, I signed up 19 people. So I, I didn't meet my goal, which was one, a few short of one a month. My 16th distributor was a woman named Jackie Ulmer. She had never done network marketing before. She worked at the airline. She was an analyst. Not the type of person that you would typically think would be great in network marketing, but she was very skeptical, like an analyst would be, and she introduced me to her airline pilot husband, and 
we spent a lot of time together, and they asked me lots and lots of questions, and I did my best to answer their questions. Well, they signed up. I didn't have a big successful track record to show them or anything like that, but they signed up with me. And over the next couple of years, their organization grew to 12,000 distributors and 40,000 customers, and I became a genius. And and then everyone <laughs> wanted my autograph. <laughs> That's how it worked. And isn't that how it is, Richard? I was with that company for 13 years until they went away. There was a some major shifts in technology, and that company, it, it disappeared. But I signed up in 144 months, which is 13 years. I signed up 129 people. And virtually all my income came from five of those 129. So 124 of them either quit or became customers, and five of them produced um, millions of dollars worth of income uh, for me and helped many, many others create significant incomes along the way as well. That's an extraordinary lesson that Russ provided you. And I know you and I have we've talked about this before. The first time I read Beach Money, you mentioned Russ in Beach Money, but you didn't say his last name. And and as I was reading it, I don't know why, but I felt compelled to ask you Russ's last name. And then you filled in the rest of the story the next time we met. It's amazing. You never know who's listening, who's going to implement, who's going to share something. You never know the impact of what you're doing. And it's an extraordinary story of passing the baton on. So that was your first home run in network marketing, and Jackie Ulmer was your, as, as I like to tell people, you're Jerry Schaub. Mine was a guy named Jerry Schaub. Yours was Jackie Ulmer in and, and that company. What happened after that? Let me just say this, that the whole telecommunication industry went from a analog switched industry to a digital industry, and the, anybody who owned technology that was analog-based went out of business. So that's what happened to that company. And then I started getting communication in the mail from a guy that I didn't know, and I got cards in the mail from this guy over a period of a few weeks, and one of the cards had a DVD in it, and I I think I received more than one DVD from the guy. I finally popped one in because I figured he was paying for them, and so I might as well watch it. And I watched it, and it got my attention. It got my interest, and I got in touch with him, and he kind of he went over everything with me, and I ended up getting excited about it and got started with the company. And rather than doing it the way I did it in the past, the last company, the last company I was introducing my business to about three people a week and signing up about one person a month. Well, I decided that I was going to accelerate that because I was in a position where, you know, I had significant fifty to sixty thousand dollar a month income that completely went away, and my overhead at that point because I had acquired a lot of stuff. My overhead was about $20,000 a month, so I rented out my primary residence to try and lower my expenses a little bit. I sold both of my vehicles and bought a Mini Cooper. Um, I wasn't in financial trouble, but I was going through, I went through $80,000 in savings in four months, and so I was going through my savings real fast, and I refinanced the home and did all these different things to try and stop the bleeding so that I, you know, it would buy me some time, and so... I didn't really have time to waste. I wanted to get things rolling. And so instead of doing three presentations a week, I started doing uh, three to five presentations a day. And um, sign, And by my fifth week, I started signing up about one person a day. So I didn't sign up anybody in my first five weeks. And then by my fifth week, I started signing up one a day. And in the by my tenth week, I had like 38 people personally sponsored and then those people were working, a few of them, not a lot of them, but a few of them were working. And I don't know how much detail you want me to get into here, but what I did was over the course of, now I've been with the company for 10 years, I've signed up about 285 personally sponsored distributors. I still sign up two to three distributors per month. And over the course of the past 10 years, I've got about 285 and 90% plus of my income comes from seven of those. And I've made about $10 million with my current company. Okay, so let's drill down on these numbers. So go back with uh, the beginning of Send Out Cards, which was 10 years ago. So just for clarity, how you were introduced to Send Out Cards is you were a cold prospect that somebody sent a postcard to. Is that right? I wasn't cold to him, but he was cold to me. Like, he, I didn't know him, but he knew me. He had, he had heard of me, and we had probably met a couple times along the way. In fact, what was interesting is he found, I think, four Jordan Adlers 
and he was communicating with all four of them, trying to figure out which one was me. So that's like, apparently that's how. And so and yeah, so he started sending me stuff in the mail, DVDs in the mail, and I finally just said, you know what the heck, I'm gonna, I have nothing else going on right now. I might as well watch one of them, and I did. And it, it grabbed my attention. It was, it was, it, and there were a lot of people that were running around recruiting people, you know, from our old organization because we were a very large, successful organization. So all the other network marketing companies, you know, they got wind that we had gone under, and so everybody was trying to recruit everybody. So I was getting a lot of communication, but none of it was in the mail. It was all emails and phone calls. Let me ask you this about the postcard: If he'd have sent you only one postcard, would you have responded? Absolutely not. In fact, I didn't respond until I got five of them from in two weeks. I got five. Okay, so lesson number one is if he'd only sent four postcards, you wouldn't have responded. It was the fifth that tipped you with the tipping point, and there was also compression in there. He didn't send those postcards once a month. He sent five postcards over what time period? Over a period of two weeks, I got, I think, probably three or four DVDs and five cards from him, something like that. And did, were you at all ever irritated that you were getting too many? No, no, it did, that didn't occur to me. I'm sure some people would have been irritated, but I didn't get irritated, no. <laughs> yeah. I, no. <laughs> okay. So on the fifth one, you connect with him, you look at the business, you get in the business, and this time you're going to go at it from an accelerated standpoint. So... One of the questions I'm sure people have is, because you said, okay, I started doing four or five presentations a day. Well, how did you find the people? Where did you find the people, and how did you get yourself in a position to do four to five presentations a day where you're sponsoring one person a day? What did you do to fill the pipeline so you got that many people who said, yeah, okay, show me what you're doing? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to say that wherever you are right now, you can start today, if my description of how I found those people doesn't align well with where you are right now, that doesn't mean anything other than you can start today. See, I read a book many years ago, long before I'd ever signed up a single distributor in network marketing, called Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive by Harvey McKay. And he talked about the importance of having a Rolodex. And for those of you that don't know what a Rolodex is, because if you're under 40, you might not know... If you go down to the thrift store, you'll find one there. But a Rolodex is one of those spool things that you put business cards in. Today we have electronic contact managers, but the Rolodex was something that could become very valuable to you if you used it right. And I went out and bought a Rolodex, and I started getting in the habit of getting people's business cards. And over the course of the years, I would handwrite notes to people, and I would stay in touch with them, set appointments, and grab coffee and things like that. And I had developed a a very large base of people that I had connections with. And most of them, the great majority of them, I was not in business with. And even today, the majority of people that are in my quote-unquote contact manager, I am not in business with them. But they're still part of my community. And so between the airline, working at an airline that went from 180 people to 15,000, I got to know a lot of people there. And then many of the people that weren't interested in my last opportunity, I still have their business cards. And although it was very difficult to stay in touch with all of them, I did my best to stay in touch with the ones that I wanted to. And then when I joined my current company, I immediately just went to my business boxes of business cards. I had boxes and boxes and boxes of business cards that I collected. And I started by pulling out the ones of the names of the people that I recognized, you know, the ones that I knew who they were. And I, and some of them I needed to reconnect with them because, you know, it would have been kind of awkward just to call them and say, hey, I want to show you something. But some of them I just reconnected with just to get caught up and they would ask me what I'm doing and I, you know, I was a little bit, I held back a little bit. I didn't want to, I wasn't going to, you know, throw up all my information about my new company. I was just calling to get reacquainted with them. And then others I'd been in touch with, you know, and the majority of people that I brought into my company uh, today um, were not people that were in my last company. In fact, if I look at my entire organization of about 150,000 people, there's probably maybe 1,500, maybe 1,500 that were in my past company, which had 2.5 million in it. So out of the 150,000, it's a very small amount. 
And I did sponsor some from my previous company, but it wasn't like this huge landslide of people. Most of the people that I've personally signed up since I've been in Send Out Cards are people that I didn't know when I joined Send Out Cards. I've gotten to know them. So that's what I'm saying. Wherever you are, you can start today connecting with new people, getting out in the community and meeting people. I just happen to love the business card model because I know that everybody that start, every single person that starts a business, the first thing they do is they get a URL and they get their business cards. And so when somebody has a business, they've got a business card, it's a, it's a nice transition. If they don't have a business card, you just say to them, how can I reach you? Write down your email address or write down your phone number so I can reach you. So it's just a real nice, it's like when you ask somebody, do you have a business card? It's just a real nice, easy way to get their contact information. I've been doing that for years. Okay, so let's focus on uh, your first 90 days and send out cards. If you don't know exactly, just give it a good guess. How many people did you personally sponsor in the first 90 days? And let's separate them out, Jordan, because in send out, you probably have a lot of people that you kind of sponsor as customers. How many did you personally sponsor that joined with the intention of building a network? Well, in my first 90 days, I would probably say – probably 40 to 45, right in that range. But I was doing, here's the way it went. I would do three to five, on average, three to five presentations a day. I mean, I was like, I was like crazy. I mean, making phone calls from morning till night, setting up appointments. And they're very, very short calls. Like I'm calling just to say, I need to get a time on your schedule. If you don't have time right now, I need to get a time on your schedule where you have 30 minutes where I can run some things by you in front of your computer. I mean, that's how the call went. And it was very deliberate, very intentional, and I was doing it all day long. And sometimes throughout the day, I was rescheduling people. Uh, some people said, I have 10 minutes right now, but I don't have 30 minutes. I go, okay, well, you have 10 minutes to watch a video. Are you in front of your computer? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. I'm going to mail you something, too. You know, I did some of the same things that DeMar did with me. I didn't sign anybody up initially. Like, I, from the time that I actually started talking to people and setting up appointments to the time that actually signing, signing them up, it was weeks. But then once they started coming into the business, my pipeline was so full that they were coming in almost daily. That's but, a really important point, the gestation period. Even at the rate that you were go, going, Jordan, which is, you know, you were full-time, you had, you know, 10-plus years of experience, you had one home run under your belt, so you had tons of leadership and presentation experience. And I'm sharing that for those of you that are listening that are part-time, maybe you've never done this before, you know, is what you have to do is be full-time and do five presentations a day and be calling people in the morning to night. No, what you need to pay attention to here is what happens when you accelerate your presentations, your enrollments, and what and what happens with the numbers. And there's also a gestation period. So even at the rate that you were going, Jordan, your gestation period was weeks before people started coming in the business. Is that correct? That's right. And, and there was follow-up involved as well. You know, I was doing a few three-way calls with my sponsor, with some of the people that were interested that you know, had questions because I didn't know the answers to the questions, so I did some three-way calls with him. And then I was doing, even people that weren't in the business yet, if they had somebody else that was they were talking to about the business, I encouraged them to get that person on the phone and then we'd talk with that person together. So I was doing a lot of three-way calls and little mini conference calls, three-way calls in my upline. And then once I did start signing people up, then, then some of them were introducing it to people, and I was doing three-way calls with them to answer their questions and things like that. Got it. So how many did you personally sponsor your first year? Uh, 50, 50 or 52, somewhere in that range. So you, so I didn't, in your first I did. year, you, you sponsored 52? It averaged about one a week. My average for my first two years was one a week. So the end of my first year, I had 50 people sponsored. By the end of my second year, I had about 100 sponsored. At the end of your, I know you gave these numbers, but I want everybody to hear them again. At the end of your fourth year, you know, because I'm kind of a big on the four-year career, at the end of your fourth year, how many people had you personally sponsored? My personal sponsoring tapered off a little bit because my group was just going crazy and I was doing a lot of meetings for them and things. So yeah. by the end of my fourth year, 
I'm just guessing. My my first year is 50. Uh, probably the end of my fourth year was about 150. Yeah. And what did that grow into? Tell everybody your stats again. How many people total in your group? 500,000 customers and about 150,000 distributors. And 10 million in income? 10 million I've made since I joined the company. Yeah. In 10 years. In 10 years. Of which, by the way, about 80% of it is pure residual off volume of our product, not flash money. Right. So, now, folks, the reason that I position Jordan as one of the greatest networkers in the world is his statistics are, you know, off the charts extraordinary. He makes over a million dollars a year, and most of that is pure residual income, which makes his distributorship worth, you know, 10 to $20 million. But the, the most important thing for all of us to focus on is, you know, the specialty of these hero calls is, you know, not necessarily the philosophy of every hero we're talking about or not necessarily their particular approach or their techniques or anything. It's If you listen to every hero call, in 90% of the cases, you're going to find a common denominator. And the common denominator is that in the first two years, every hero we've interviewed personally sponsored, on average, about 100 people in the first two years. Now, we have, like, on the low end, we have some people that only in two years personally sponsored 40 or 50. Then we have people like Brian Carruthers, you know, in the first two years he sponsored, I don't know, 3,000 or something, whatever. It was off. It was crazy off the charts how many people he sponsored. But most people that knock it out of the park in network marketing – Here's what they do that is statistically duplicatable. They personally sponsor about 100 people in their first two years. They personally sponsor at a rate of about one a week, which means, you know, how do you sponsor one person a week? Pretty simple. Do about three or four presentations a week. How do you do three or four presentations a week? Pretty simple. Ask 10 or 15 people a week every week to look at your business, and you end up doing three or four presentations. You end up sponsoring one person a week. And then here's what happens at the end of your fourth year, because all of this, if you remember Jordan talking about, you know, his income the first year, you know, he made $180 a month, and then the second year it was like, you know, you know, 2000 a month, and the third year it was 3300 a month, and then all of a sudden it exploded, and the reason it all of a sudden explodes, folks, is because of geometric progressions and compounding. I mean, if you look at the graph in the four-year career or anywhere that you just look this up, you know, if you double a penny a day every day for 30 days, at the end of 15 days, that penny is only worth about $170. But at the end of 30 days, it's worth over $5 million. And so this is the process, but what you have to do to get the ball rolling is you have to put accelerated, compressed effort into the first 90 days, into the first year, and the first two years. And you have to enroll a lot of people because ultimately, as Jordan told you, even with all the people, a couple of hundred people that he personally enrolled over that four years, he's only got seven leader legs. And that's because it takes leadership to paint a vision, to draw a line in the sand, to go build this no matter what, in spite of the obstacles. It takes leadership, and you never know who those leaders are. You don't know who they are by what they've done in the past. You don't know who they are by what they say for sure. You only know who they are by giving them an opportunity to prove their resolve and their commitment to their vision. And, you know, this is an opportunity that is actually, you know, and when it comes to leadership, there's not that many people that are willing. Everybody's capable, but there's not that many people that the time you put them in this business, they're actually willing to go knock it out of the park. Jordan's story is duplicatable. If you do what he did in any other company, will you end up making a million dollars a year? Maybe not, but for sure, if you personally sponsor 100 people in the first two years, 
by year five, you're making 10 to 20 grand a month, maybe even 50. It's just the way it works. And the number one mistake that people make in network marketing is they just take an apathetic, uh, patient approach to their own personal enrollments, and they get on a pace of something like one a month or one every three months or or even worse, they sponsor when it's convenient or when they feel like it, and that just doesn't work. So your story statistically, Jordan, is extraordinary. And so here's some other questions for you. Here's the number one question. In send-out cards, because I know you made a lot of mistakes in other companies, but in send-out cards, in spite of your extraordinary success, what is the most expensive mistake that you've made in the last 10 years in send-out cards that you either made once or you've made it repetitively? <laughs> well, it's interesting because the mistakes that I've made, um, what I, the, the most blatant uh, visible mistake to me is that I've, I've taken my network marketing income and invested it, invested it in residential rental real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I did God. that. I did that once too. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, actually, honestly, you know, I've read this in books over the years because I read a lot. I read a lot of books that have been written by successful entrepreneurs, and I've heard this multiple times, and it's so true. It's like it's easier to make it than it is to keep it. And uh, as you're growing your business, you've got to learn the skills for not just making the money, but whether you're making a hundred dollars a month. Or five thousand a month, or ten thousand a month, or a hundred thousand. You got to really study what it takes to keep the money that you make as well. Because the more money you make, the more people want your money, and uh, you got a lot of people that contacting you with ideas for <laughs> investing your money. Am I right, Richard? Oh and my so, gosh, it's, it, it is running the gauntlet just to hang on to it. It really is, and it's, it's, the reason is because there are so many people that have really good ideas that come to you and say you know, what do you think of this? And you're like, that's a great idea. And then you put your money into it or you read something in a book that goes, I can turn my million dollars into $5 million doing this. And then you go do it and you realize that there's part of the story that they didn't tell you that you needed to learn. And you, unfortunately, every lesson that you learn, well, fortunately, unfortunately, however you look at it, every lesson that you learn has a price. It just does. So, yeah. But as far as the building the business, like what's the most expensive mistake? Other than what I just told you, there's nothing that really blatantly in, – when I look at my his, the history uh, of my progression in network marketing, you know, my first 10 years and 11 companies, I never got a check and I never made a penny, and that was 10 years of my life. But those 10 years have been more – and this sounds cliche because, you know, you read about it in books, but it's so true – that story, that 10-year story has been more valuable to me than the cost of the 10 years, if that sure. makes any sense at all. Like, yeah. if I didn't have that story, I couldn't be on this call with you today to say, I worked a network marketing business for 10 years, 11 different companies, and never made a penny and never signed up a distributor, which has inspired lots of people who have struggled in the business, inspired them to stick around until they find their success. And, you know, it wasn't going from company to company to company. It wasn't finding the right company that ultimately resulted in my checks growing. That wasn't the thing that got my business going. The thing that got my business going is was when I shifted, my perspective, it's like you. there's a story about a fly buzzing against a window in a book called U Squared by Price Pritchett. The fly's buzzing against the window in the Millcroft Inn trying to get out. And 10 feet away, there's a wide open door. And that's all that fly has to do is focus in a different direction. It can effortlessly fly to freedom. One direction leads to struggle and death. The most obvious thing, fly towards the light, right? That's going to lead to the fly's death. But let fly shift its focus, and it can effortlessly fly to freedom. And I would propose that success is effortless when you're focused on the right things. And when I find that my business starts to become a struggle, it's usually because I start focusing on things that are creating that struggle. So I need to then step back and go, what do I need to, where do I need to shift my focus to make success effortless again? Because it is effortless when you're focused on the right thing. Richard is helping you focus on the right things right now. 
Yeah, well, that's the intention is to focus people on. So what it, it, it's probably obvious, uh, but just repeat it just so people are clear. So the back half of that question is what's the smartest thing, what's the most profitable thing you did once or you've done repetitively, and maybe another way to ask that given what you just said is what shift did you make that had you quit bumping up against the glass and just move over to the open window and fly out the window? The major shift was focusing on a bigger picture and not just what was happening on a day-to-day basis. We all have circumstances that are right in front of us all the time that tend to knock us off course. And when we focus on those circumstances, essentially we let crisis ultimately turns into ruin. I created a little thing for myself called Don't Quit on a Bad Day. Because we're all, you know, we're all going to have bad days. We're going to have bad hours, days, weeks, months, sometimes even years. And I have found that every single person that's ever failed in network marketing or any other business quit on a bad day. Yep. What I found is if you stay in action, like even if it's doing just doing something that's moving your business forward every day a little bit, if you stay in action and then don't quit on a bad day, at some point you're going to have a good day. You, all, you will have a good day. And on that day, you're not going to want to quit. I adopted that philosophy, and that's really helped me. And that's a, a, a focus. I've also found, like in my early days, that when I learned the presentation where I could give it with my eyes closed, like, I mean, it's a 30-minute presentation. And every company does it a little differently, but every one of your companies has a presentation. Learn that presentation so you can give it to anyone whether you're giving it to somebody who's a stay-at-home mom, whether you're giving it to somebody who's got a job, or you're giving it to a successful entrepreneur, that presentation, you need to learn that so you're confident to be able to give it. And it's not hard to learn, but learn that. The second is learn how to set up a simple appointment. And in the beginning, you may have to go through the motions to do it. You may have to um, set aside your fears and your hesitation and your doubt and just like the analogy that I have is when I was learning to fly hang gliders, the thought of running off the mountain with Dacron and Kevlar carabinered onto my back, you know, like the thought of actually leaving the mountain, it's just, it's in your in your logical brain, it doesn't make sense that any human being would ever really want to do that. But if you have a dream of flying in a hang glider as a human, that's what, that's what you got to do. So I, I needed to figure out how to separate for those few moments that I was stepping off the mountain, I needed to separate my logical mind from the act of actually stepping off the mountain. And I remember doing that. I probably did that a hundred times for those few moments. I would like literally disengage my brain from the act. And so one of the things you want to do, and this is this was a turning point for me, is learn how to set an appointment. Not just learn how to set an appointment, but set appointments and, and learn your presentation and, and do your presentations. And if you're afraid of doing that, just for a few moments, just to get started, disengage your logical mind from the act of doing it, and like Nike says, just do it. And do that for a while, and what you're going to find out is it's actually pretty easy to do. I know you've heard me use this analogy, uh, Jordan, but you know there is a conversation that's embedded in almost all networkers' psyche that says that sounds something like, Initiating a conversation, prospecting somebody, asking somebody their name, asking somebody how long they've worked here, picking up the phone and calling somebody on your names list, there's a dialogue in our heads that sounds something like, this is hard, this is scary, what if they don't like what I have to say, what if, you know, it's a what if rhetorical question that is, could be labeled as worry, and doubt, and it does make prospecting difficult, and when we stay in that conversation for long enough, we tend to label ourselves as, boy, you know, I have a lot to learn yet, I have to learn, you know, everything, I have to get as good as a Jordan Adler or, you know, anybody else that I know that's successful, and I can't, I'm not enough yet, and, you know, this is a struggle, and I have to pay a huge price, and et cetera, et cetera, and there's an analogy that I like to share with people to have them experience 
at a physiological level and an emotional level and a, and a and a mental level that they actually do have everything it takes to be an extraordinarily powerful Jordan Adler right now out of the gate. And and that scenario is what if your company paid you $500 for everyone that you asked to just let you show them the presentation. Like you called people up and say, hey, I need to get 30 minutes on your calendar to show you something. What if Send Out Cards paid you $500 every time you asked somebody that? My question to people under that scenario is, who would you call? What would you say to them, and what would you do if they said no? And what it allows people to do is experience that they actually do know people to call, and they are actually willing to prospect people they don't know for $500 a head. And when it comes to, well, what would you say? Well, if you don't know what to say, you'd figure it out pretty fast for 500 bucks. And if they said no, you would be very quick to let them be water off a duck's back and move on to your next person. We all have it in ourselves to do this business at a very high level. And you don't have to do it very long before it starts to feed you. So what I'd like you to leave people with, Jordan, is you spent a lot of years struggling. And then you had a shift. And I imagine that shift just came from being at the right place at the right time, just happened to hearing Rustavan share something or some, you know, just enough experience, enough failure, you were ready to make a shift. Tell people what it's like once the geometric progression, the organization, the leaders, the visions of the leaders in your group take over and become the wind beneath your wings when it's all you can do to keep up with their enthusiasm and their dreams and their prospects and their meetings, and you're no longer having to drive it. Tell people what that's like and how long it took you yeah. to get there. Well, I didn't have my first experience of that until my, honestly, I had been in network marketing for 10 years, but then it was another, it was in 1996, so it would have been another four years, 14 years from the time I actually signed up in my first company, I experienced what you're talking about. And the best way I could describe it is if, if those of you that are listening in on this, if you can imagine the first time that, if you, let's say you ride, if you can remember the, the first time you were able to ride a bicycle without the help of your mother or your father. Some of you might remember that experience where they let go and for the first time you were able to stay up and balance and, and ride the bicycle without their help, that feeling of euphoria that comes from it, or there might be, it may be not have been that, it might have been something else that you've achieved huge success. Maybe you were going for some type of a advanced degree, and maybe all your life you wanted to be this or be that, and, and, and it took you many, many years to get there, and that you got there, and you remember the feeling of standing on the podium or or the feeling of flying for the first time if you were if you trained to become a pilot. You know, the first time you soloed, Richard, you know, you remember that feeling? The first time I you do. got a helicopter and solo, it's like a feeling of triumph. And when you start to experience that, when your group takes on a life of its own and they're bringing people to you and they're bringing people into the organization that you don't even know about, that's the feeling it is. And it's and it gives you the it gives you a, a, a space of freedom because you work towards it because you work for it. It gives you a space of freedom that can only happen. It can only happen if you've gone through the struggles. Like the struggles, without the struggles, you don't have that feeling of triumph. You don't have that feeling of success. You don't really get yeah. to appreciate the life that a, resid a large residual income can give to you. Like some of the things that I've been able to, I, even today, it feels like I'm in a movie. I can't, when I look at my life and the things that I've been able to do, I feel like I'm in a, a movie. It doesn't seem, there's many days that my life doesn't seem real. And I got to tell you, I'm going to do this, Richard, and I know you, it will probably make you a little uncomfortable, but I have to do it. Richard Brooke, many years before I ever signed up my first distributor, Richard Brooke was on a stage in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was, and I was in the audience having never sponsored a distributor, but I had the dream. Richard really had a huge 
impact on me. And my career today is what it is largely because of the philosophies and direction and focus that Richard shared with me back then. I remembered him, and and I, I know we're going a little over here. When I met Richard for the first time and actually we became friends, it was like I couldn't believe that I was actually getting to be friends with Richard Brooke. I mean, this guy's had such a huge, epic impact on this profession, like worldwide. And so, Richard, I just want to thank you for your contribution to my life and everything that you've done to pave the way so that I can be here doing what I do and loving what I do. Well, we both are living charmed lives. And, you know, I think it it, it comes with, there's two things about this profession, three, about three things about this profession. And I want to ask you what it is from your perspective, Jordan, as we wrap this up, for me, that uh, are just exhilarating. And one is, because of the nature of this business, that it's all about people. And it's not it's not really just about a few people, it's about a lot of people. And I've been doing this for 38 years full-time. You know, it'd be interesting if I could have quantified and kept track with how many people in the last 38 years I've actually met. How many people from from how many different walks of life and how, how many different religious beliefs and occupations and ethnic background and you know we just get tens of thousands of people supercharged into our lives and with people come extraordinary experiences. I mean yes we've had a few extraordinary experiences like soloing in a helicopter by ourselves. And, you know, and you hang gliding by yourself. and But most of the extraordinary experiences that I've had in my life have been with other people. And, you know, when it's all said and done, when you're, when you're laying on the, on the bed, if you get notice, and you're not like taken out without notice, but if you get notice and you're laying on your bed and you realize, you know, I got maybe a minute or two left here and I'm 100 years old, you know, what really quantifies life is reflecting on the extraordinary experiences that we've had. And the more of those that we have, then the more life we've lived. And life is not made of years, not made of time. Life is made of the quantity of extraordinary experiences that we've had. And what network marketing has provided me is, you know, thousands of extraordinary experiences with tens of thousands of people, and I can't even remember all of them, but I've just had so many opportunities to meet people and do things and go places, and, you know, that's, for me, that's that's what network marketing provides. And then the next component is, like you, Jordan, I came to this profession ill-prepared to serve people at a level that made me worth 10000 or 20000 or $50,000 a month. And I had to change. I had to develop myself. I had to think different. I had to feel different. I had to believe different. I had to listen different. I had to act different. And so this was – there was a demand for me – to dive into personal development and transform myself. And I'm so grateful that network marketing provided me with that gateway for transformation because I'm a totally different person than I was 40 years ago, and I'm going to be a totally different person 40 years from now. So we have lived charm lives. We've got to do a lot of crazy, wonderful, exciting things, which you and I are going to continue to do together which is great fun. And what I want you to leave people with, Jordan, is tell them a couple of things that network marketing has done for your life. And then most importantly, tell these people what Jordan Adler's legacy is. What are you creating in the next five to ten years that is extraordinary? What are the gifts that you're going to provide? What are you going to leave people with in the next five to ten years? What are you going to contribute? Uh, Richard, there's no question that when I look back on my life, the same thing, that it's the experiences that we're creating. Like, you know, I've got one dream that I have is to, to be in a helicopter with you. We're going to fly together. We've talked about that. Another yeah. one, I, um, you know, I love I love creating experiences for people that they wouldn't otherwise 
have the opportunity to experience that would allow them to dream bigger. And when I look at my legacy, like I want everyone on this call to know that there are millions of people in the world right now that are looking for you and waiting for you. And we have, we as the purveyors of this profession need to be able to communicate to people in a way that they get that there's a, a big opportunity here for them that could completely transform their life and give them what they want. The easy part has already been done. They know that they want more. People want more. They're, they're not, people are afraid right now in the world. They're not sure. They have dreams. They're giving up on their dreams and they know that they, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even be um, thinking about it if they didn't at some level believe it was possible. But when we come to them and we show them what we have, we have a, a vehicle, a mechanism that can take them where they want to go. And so my legacy over the next five years is really the legacy. The, it's, it's really what – it hasn't changed. And it really is to leave people with the feeling that they can do it. And it's real simple. And then also yeah. to help to expand their dreams because – I have found that when somebody does not believe that they can do something, then they don't take any action. But when they have the belief that it's possible, when they have the belief that it's possible, then they'll take the actions. And so, and, the, and it's the actions that are ultimately going to create the results. So my life legacy is to continue to create experiences, experiences that will allow people to see a bigger picture and to dream bigger and then also to provide them with a story, a message, a philosophy that they can do it, that it's possible for them, and that they already have everything they need to make that happen. Yeah, for me, Jordan, you are, you know, if if you were, uh, if we were Native Americans and, and I was naming you based on who you are and how you roll in life, I would, I would name you he who inspires others to play full out. And inspiration and play and full out or intentional words there. That's who you are for me and that's who you are for tens of thousands of other people. And what a huge gift you are. The rest of uh, all of you listening, uh, if you ever get a chance to hear Jordan speak at, at any event, you don't waste that opportunity. His story and the way he tells his story and his stack of credit cards is <laughs> really <laughs> Really, really, really funny. And uh, Jordan, where can people get your book, Beach Money, and where can they learn more about you? Is it beachmoney.com? Beachmoney.com, yes, all there. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Everybody, go to beachmoney.com and check out Jordan Adler and definitely get his book. His book is a great gift to give to all of your new distributors. You know, if I was building right now, I'd have 10 or 20 copies of it. Every time I every time I sponsored somebody who had an intention to build, I'd give them a copy of Beach Money for sure. Thank you, buddy, for being here and dedicating this Thank hour you, to uh, people. I guarantee five, ten years from now, Jordan, people are going to tell their story, people that have accomplished way more than you and I have accomplished, and they're going to – Reference. You know what? I heard a conference call where Richard Brooke interviewed Jordan Adler, and it made all the difference for the in the world for me. And I quit pounding my head against the glass, and I flew out the window. And the rest is history. Thank you for that contribution, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Hey. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.